Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Injured at work in a motor vehicle accident or had a fall in a public space? Speak to Your Claim Lawyers, a no-win, no-fee, personal injury claims law firm that specialises in maximising compensation claims for injured people. Call 1-800-YOUR-CLAIM or yourclaimlawyers.com.au. Time on with Sam Hargraves on SEN. We've got some re-signings today, some delistings as well. A former Saints coach, coach has unloaded on the St Kilda Football Club. And what's Jordan Degoe doing in the US? All of that's making news today. And, of course, time on is your chance to have your say on the news of the day. Let's crack in. Ah, uh, yes, indeed. Hope you've had as good a day as you possibly can. Uh, however you're finding us, wherever you're finding us, uh, if you're listening, uh, 1116 SEN in Melbourne, just another day closer, another day closer. I managed today to be able to book myself in for a steak at the Railway Club Hotel this weekend. And that's about the most excited I've been about anything other than getting to come in here and speak to you every night, of course. But that, uh, that felt really good. That felt, that felt like something. Uh, I hope you've been able to do a little bit of that yourself. Get yourself booked in, tee up. Uh, to see friends and family that you haven't seen. Um, I might have to tell my parents just to wear specific colours. Um, I've sort of forgotten what they've looked like um, over the last little period of time. So um, there is optimism in the air, which is a good thing. Thanks to anyone that got a test today. Thanks to anyone that got vaccinated today. To all the frontline workers, you are out and out superstars. Uh, plenty making news today. Your say on the news of the day is what Time On's all about. So give me a bell. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. The number zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen is the temper text line. Temper, uh, a mattress like no other. Hey, let's start with some good news coming from the North Melbourne Footy Club. Uh, Dave Noble actually spoke last night on Sports Day about the fact that yep, they looked at some offers for that number one pick. Uh, they didn't get anything that really was uh, good enough to wrench that out of their hands or they didn't get uh, a good enough uh, prize chest to want to give that up, that pick one. So um, they're very excited about what's to come uh, with Jason Horn francis all but a certainty now to end up um, at Arden Street and uh, someone else who's going to be there right alongside him at those centre bounces for a few years to come is um, Jai Simpkin, who has re-signed at the club, the Sid Barker medalist, from this year, and he spoke on the club's website about re-signing to the end of 2024. So I've signed on to the end of 2024, which is really exciting. I see it as a bit of a um, reward for the hard work over the past few years. So I've put my head down and bum up, and you know, over the last couple of years, got put into a leadership group, and then being named as a vice captain, I always sort of get asked to bring added pressure and stuff. But 
To be honest, nothing really changes. I'm just there sort of for support for the rest of the playing group, support Zeebs as a captain. I don't really change how I go about business, you know, I just stay the same as I have the last couple of years and that's why I've been voted into that role because of what I do. So nothing really needed to change and that's just the way I look at it. Uh, so Jai Simpkin re-signed to the end of 2024, pick 12 in the 2016 draft, 23 years of age. And you just get the feeling that his best footy is still ahead of him. Uh, has got better every year since he's been at the club and spoke about the fact that he claimed his first Sid Barker medal, the club's best and fairest award this season. Winning the Sid, oh, it's a massive honour. It's something that you dream of as a kid growing up, you know, making AFL, playing AFL, but to win a best and fairest, yeah, just a massive honour. And I think it's finally sunk in at the time. I was, I was pretty shocked and just to think that my name's up there forever with some of the greats of the game, it's, um, it's pretty special. Uh, it certainly is. Average 26 disposals this year, along with five clearances a game. Five clearances a game puts you at the elite ranking, uh, according to the AFL.com.au stats. Uh, so he is well on the way uh, to becoming an A-grade midfielder. And it's just starting to get a nice look about it in the middle uh, for North Melbourne uh, in terms of what the future might hold, especially when they bring Jason Horn francis in. So good news story today to kick things off. Uh, from the North Melbourne Footy Club. And uh, there's a little bit more, probably, of the not-so-good news in terms of uh, some players on the move and delistings and whatnot. We'll get to that in a moment. Re-signings as well. Um, Sam Edmund reporting today that uh, Sam Reid, uh, this is a good news story for him, has been injury-riddled. He's been offered a one-year deal uh, at the Swans um, after he was told he'd have to wait on a contract during the trade period. Um Player and club yet to agree on specific terms. This story is up at sen.com.au, by the way. The Swans have decided to keep the 29-year-old. Played 10 games this year. He's got a career total of 163 and 165 goals. Uh, pick 38 in the 2009 draft. So Sam Reid, another year um, of AFL football awaits. Collingwood have re-signed John Noble, Jack Madgen and Tom Wilson. Uh, Noble, a two-year deal to the end of 2023. Madgen and Wilson remain at the club on one-year deals. It's been a really good story, Dave Noble, taken in the mid-season draft um, in the first year that we had it. Uh, 44 games now, has rarely been out of the side since coming um, from the Sandful. Kicked four goals for the Pies uh, since his debut in round 17, it was, in 2019. Um, Madgen was a Category B rookie, a former NBL player, so he's made 40 appearances. So that's um, that's turned out to be a good selection. Category B rookie doesn't cost you anything, and um, he, he does a serviceable job down back. Um Wilson, another Category B rookie, 2019, uh, former basketballer as well, former boomer. Um, he made his AFL debut in round nine this year against the Swans and has played four games uh, in total. Um, Ned McHenry from the Adelaide Footy Club has recommitted on a two-year contract extension. Had a breakout year this year, played all uh, 21 games. We played 21 games um, at the level. So he's at Westlakes till the end of 2024. Um, drafted from Victoria in in 2018, uh, debuted in 2020, played eight games that year, and now has 29 games with 11 goals. Um, Sam Edmund reported uh, a little earlier today uh, that uh, he of the double Cobra fame, one of my favourites, uh, Levi Casbolt, should have patented it and should have kept it, uh, put it away when he started playing, I think, more consistent footy and was trying to be a little bit more humble. I was a massive fan of the double Cobras. I'm hoping that part of the deal that sees him now heading to the Gold Coast Suns. Uh, he's been given a lifeline by them. He's going to be, um, they're looking to take him in the upcoming rookie draft, according to Sam Edmund today. Um, 
He was told in August that he wouldn't be offered a contract by the Blues. 31 years of age, 151 games. Just wasn't in their best 22 by the back half of the year. So the rookie drafts on November 26th after the national draft is on the 24th and 25th of November. Uh, so that's a good story for Levi Casbolt, who, um, yep, has had his issues with kicking, did a power of work. So that's that's one of the – I think that'll be one of the great things that he'll be able to do when he gets to the Gold Coast Suns. Um, players have deficiencies in their games. Um it's, it takes sound recruiting and, and good coaching to focus more on what they can do what they and what they can't. And then it's really up to the player as well to want to put in the work to improve in those areas above and beyond what the clubs already do naturally in terms of their development. And he did a ton of work on his kicking and his goal kicking. Um, so it's a great example that he'll be able to set, you'd think, for the young Gold Coast Suns teams. And I hope that part of that deal was that the fact that they give him full license to any time he kicks a goal, any time he plays, that those fists get not inverted. What's the opposite of inverted? What's the opposite of inverted? Julio, are you looking that up for me? Don't know, just shaking your head. Don't invert those fists. Put them out. Get that double cobra happening again. Uh, 1-300-736-736-0433-98-1116. Uh, Grant Thomas's appearance on SEN Breakfast today has certainly uh, fired up um, what might have been a bit of a quieter news day. Um, Grant Thomas today, uh, on with Gary and Tim, sen.com.au, if you wanted to hear the full chat. Um, he spoke about the fact that he thinks that there's something wrong with the St Kilda Football Club uh, at the moment. Here's a little bit of what he had to say, first of all, about uh, Matt Finnis and Simon Lethleen. Well, I've got some very strong views about it, but that's only based on external information. But, you know, I seems to me is that um, Simon Lethleen's very keen for the CEO role. seems to me that Matt Finnis is struggling in, uh, you know, trying to keep his head above water. I don't know who the direct line of communication with the president is, whether it's Lethleen or whether it's Finnis, or whether there's a competition between those two, but that's not... That's not healthy. I mean, Matt Finnis has been there, what, nine years, ten years? Uh, and it's been a pretty bleak uh, decade, um, both financially, corporately, commercially, and from a football performance perspective. So people have got to be held accountable for these things. I mean, we're all held accountable for our performances. And, uh, yeah, so as as the significant leaders within the club, whether it's a leveling in relation to football and some of the decisions made there. Um, and that goes down to you know, people like David Rath. I don't know what he does, but I, I hear that he's heavily involved uh, in football and has a lot to do with uh, decision-making there. I, I don't know what his credentials are. don't know what his qualities are. He might be an absolute superstar, but I just uh, think that whole structure warrants a, a bit of a microscopic look to see whether it's in heading in the right direction and in relation to Finnis and Lethleen, they're the two leaders. I think Bassett's the right person and he's just getting his feet under the desk but uh, the, the other two have been there some time and uh, uh, we need to have a look at the performances I think. And I just don't think it's as simple as uh, Matt Finnis going and Lethleen becoming CEO. I don't think that's the right move. That's something I'd not be very keen to happen but I'll voice those uh, views to to um, uh, Andrew, and he'll either say whistle Dixie Tomo, or uh, I agree with you. Grant Thomas also went on to talk about the uh, the board setup. Well, I think when you um, uh, are seemingly quite static, or your your performances aren't going in the direction you needed them to, I think you need to sort of make some changes. That's uh, the obvious uh, outcome there. I mean, if you keep doing what you keep doing, you're going to keep getting the same result. And I know Larry's a very passionate person. He's got some great qualities. 
he's a real pioneer and, and brave, daring guy in his industry. He's started a whole host of new things. He's got great commercial acumen. He's terrific people skills. He's a passionate Saints person and he provides a point of difference. And if he'd like to get on the board, well, uh, I'm sure Andrew Bassett, who's a really smart business guy, I'm, I'm sure he'd entertain that. And all I'm suggesting is if he doesn't or if that's blocked, well, that tells me that the Saints aren't opening their minds to opportunities and, and points of differences because, uh, you know, I think I said it in the article that there's two types of teams in the competition, one that's in the premiership business and the others that are just sort of playing AFL. And I just get the distinct feeling that the Saints are just happy playing AFL. Uh, didn't miss there. The Saints are just happy playing AFL. He was asked by Gary and Tim if, the, if St Kilda had stagnated. Well, I think their best is sort of, you know, uh, finals, but uh, the gap, Tim, is just uh, it tells me that there's something wrong. There's something wrong somewhere. But, you know, you don't have those wild fluctuations in performances unless there's something uh, not quite right. And uh, I'm not close enough. I'm not uh, amongst it to know exactly what that is, whether it's uh, coaching, whether it's leadership, whether it's management. Of course, you hear all the stories, but uh, there's stories everywhere. So you just pay lip service to those. And uh, I'll, I'll have a chat with Andrew. Who's a, I've had a chat with him a few years ago when he started. And, uh, yeah, you know, he doesn't have to prove anything to me. I mean, I'm just a footy fan. I just love the Saints. And uh, I see, uh, you know, Melbourne and the Bulldogs have gone past us in recent years. So that was Grant Thomas speaking to SEN Breakfast today with Gary and Tim. Back tomorrow from 6, sen.com.au to hear the full chat. He went on to say that he can't, he said, went on to say uh, and quoted, I can't see us winning a premiership in the next year or two. And if we don't win it in the next year or two, that list, well, where is it? That means we're another decade away and that doesn't sit well with me. How does that sit with you, St Kilda fans? one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 736 So St Kilda failing to make finals this year. Had the toughest draw out of any side that finished in the top eight the year before. Won a final um, in that shortened 2020 uh, season. And we spoke about that at the time. And, and I mentioned the fact that the comparison with the Miami Heat and uh, the analysis I heard about them where it might have just been a perfect storm to be in that COVID bubble. Uh, a lot of young guys, single guys, it wasn't as big an issue for them to be away from family, uh, friends and home. The bubble suited them. They uh, galvanised together. A lot of new players on the team, so they're all getting to know each other, a little honeymoon period, and they played really good footy and the shorter quarters meant that they could exploit turnovers in the way that they played the game and their style lent itself to those shorter quarters. Um, and then teams have been able to figure out what... Their, uh, where their bread's buttered um, and, and responded accordingly this season. So will the Saints be able to respond uh, with the list that they've got? I'd love to get the Saints fans' view on uh, a former coach um, saying that uh, if you don't win in the next two to three years, then you're, you're out in the wilderness for another decade and thinking that it's a team at the moment that's just happy playing AFL football. Grant Thomas uh, took St Kilda to two prelims in the five, five or six years. So 2001, his first year, and uh, finished up at the end of 2006. So I'd love to hear from St Kilda fans what you made of that today. one three hundred seven three six seven three six zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. So these are the responses I've got for what's the opposite of inverted because we're talking about the double cobras. Um, we've got four different responses. So uh, Ekram from Greenvale says the opposite of inverted because we're talking about Levi, Cabra, uh, Levi Casbolt's double cobra where he puts the fists out. I should have just gone outward instead of inward, but I went inverted and then I couldn't think of what the opposite to inverted is. So what's the opposite to inverted? I've got four different responses. Everted, upright opposite, 
Oh, oh, sorry, upright is opposite to invert. Revert, that's from Andrew. And obvert from Daniel. I've got four different responses. I could just Google it myself, but I, I often love to defer to you. Zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen off the temper text temper uh, a mattress like no other. Uh, Jordan Dugowie spoke to Gary and Tim today. Don't often hear Jordan Dugowie in the media, and I've had a couple of people say today. I wonder if that's because he's out of contract at the end of next year and uh, wants everybody to know what he's doing and where he's at. Had a tremendous back half of last year. Um, had his first top ten finish in the club best and fairest this year. And he's out of contract at the end of next season. And uh, spoke to Gary and Tim this morning from the US where he's over there doing some intense one-on-one style training with a, a coach by the name of Johnny Louch or Luch. I'll go with Louch. Uh, we'll hear from both of those gentlemen. Uh, on the other side of this, this is time on. You're saying the news of the day, SEN. There must be a mid-season trade period. And the second is, is we have to get to the point where players can be traded without consent. So you are guaranteed tenure and you are guaranteed finance. So your participation in the AFL is guaranteed, but you are not guaranteed the geography and the club. And this is... So if Hawthorne wanted to move for the good of their aspiration, for their ambition, for their planning, they are able to move. So Luke Bruce goes against his wish. Chad Wingard goes against his... So it takes... It takes a cultural shift and it takes a a financial shift as well. I think you have to wash more money through the salary cap to have that be agreeable. They were going to get their money at at, um, GWS. A a lot of it from Hawthorne, as we say, and then the rest from GWS spread over the the extended period of their contract. Two years to go, they might have got a three-year deal. Luke Bruce, that was the case in play with him. And Hawthorne were going to stump up several hundred thousand dollars. So they were going to get their money. The AFLPA, though, AFLPA with this... Speak in a tone that suggests this isn't coming in anytime soon. Yeah, so, so they hold out against the world standard. Is no, the, the, is, this is unique. So this is the only yep. this is the only competition, the only elite competition in a country that shouldn't go down this path. And mid-season draft as well. Although you can see that coming in earlier, but again, the PA and others talk around the sense of players being uprooted mid-season. But this is a, a professional sporting organisation. So are we going to hold back player mobility to the point that we just experienced? Which was intolerable for every every stakeholder found it, was, it intolerable. It Most of work. all the fans. It was hard work. So are we going to hold that back forever? Because we don't either have the stomach or the imagination for mm-hmm. it? Mm. Or are we going to go, this, this is actually what modern professional sport looks like. It's time to get moving. Mm. And so players can be traded at any juncture of their contract. Yeah. Jerry Waitley, Sam Edmund, that was uh, a conversation that, that uh, and by the way, it doesn't take me much to stop exercising or any excuse, but I was doing a little workout today and I was listening to that and I did stop what I was doing and, uh, and really uh, homed in on it because it was a great conversation and I think it is one of the conversations that's coming to the AFL. The AFL PA, as you heard from Jared, they don't want this and, and Sam was saying the reasons why. Um, Jared really strong on his reasons why it should happen. It does seem at the moment that the balance of power is slightly in favour of the players, especially with the introduction of free agency. But consentless uh, trade without consent is definitely coming. In, in, it might not be today, it might not be tomorrow, but it's definitely coming. So we, we can either get used to that now or we can get used to seeing over the next couple of years we look to um, bounce back financially that no business gets done, as Jared said, in these trade periods or very little 
thereof because we've got reduced numbers on lists. We've got reduced salary caps, um, unsure of what the future holds. This is going to be status quo unless you, you just loosen those shackles a little bit. I would say that there'd be have to be a couple of caveats put on that. I would have to say that you, as Jared said, you you can't. It cannot be to the financial detriment of the player, so they can't go to a club and and be on less money if they're traded with a contract. So we we all know that's a given. That's an obvious one. But also, and we know that there can't be for a lesser term. What I think that should be on this is that if you do trade a player um, partway through their contract, you need to give another at least another year on what they would have had. So the club they're going to needs to put another year at least on that. Because if you look at someone like a Luke Bruce, for instance, he's got two years to go, I think. It's a year or two. So he gets traded to the Giants. He moves for one year. And then they might not offer him another contract because you never know what might happen. So he's moved interstate for just a year and then it's done. Now, that is exactly what happens in the NFL and it's a far bigger expanse of a country. Uh, the NBA as well. Um, and in all, as Jared said, in all professional sports around the world, this happens. But to ease it in here, you, you might need to put a little carrot. You might need to dangle a little carrot that you'll actually get an extra year on your contract as part of being traded um, against your will during a contract. And, and the other thing too is all your expenses would need to be paid, all the moving costs and everything like that. But I think this is definitely coming. Like it or lump it, this is definitely going to come. This is, it, 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 make no mistake about it. As I said, it might not happen today, it might not happen tomorrow, but it will happen. So how do you want to introduce it? And, and what should be the structure around it? What are the safety nets? What, 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 what do you do to, to, to make it as easy and smooth the transition as possible? All that needs to be worked out. But make no mistake, this will definitely be the case. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. We'll get to Jordan Degoe in a moment. Uh, Stefan in Glenburn. Hello, mate. Hang on, let me just rattle this around. Does this to me at the start of every. Good evening. Hey. Oh, there we go, Stefan. Hello. Yeah. Good evening. How are you going? Good. Thanks. What do you reckon? So yeah, I've had a day to think about it, um, as many of us have. I think the mid-season trade period is a good idea. The only issue is the salary cap. Um, you know, if one player's worth a million dollars and another player's worth, um, you know, $500,000, there's a big, that's a big discrepancy um, with salary. So either they scrap the salary cap or they do something there. Um, but I definitely think the club is bigger than the player. Um, for too long, the player has had the club where they want them. But now I think it's the time for the club to be able to say, look, we're trying to build a premiership here and we've got 44 guys on the list and only 28 are playing every week. Or So I think, you know, we need to be able to move 15 of these other players on. I think they're just, they're holding the club back a little bit. Um, yeah, I think with the mid-season draft, I think it's it'd work itself out like the end of, sorry, mid-season trade. I think it'll work itself out like the end of year trade does. Um, clubs know what they've got in their salary cap and know what they don't have. So, those deals get done. So it might be a situation like what Hawthorne were trying to do where they were saying, look, we really need to improve our draft hand. We've just got ourselves in a position. This is not personal. This is not, you know, it's not that we don't want you. It's just that we've we've made some bad calls and we've got to try and fix those. We've got to get back into the draft a bit deeper. So we're willing to pay part of your salary. So I think that's what would happen in those situations. So, you know, the Giants, for example, if we use the, the whether it be Luke Bruce or Chad Wingard, well, we can't afford all that. And Hawthorne say, well, we... 
you know, we we can give you a bit. And that's how they'd work it out to make sure that they're not um, they're, they're not breaching any salary cap conditions. Um, Mark's in Bacchus Marsh. G'day, Mark. Jeez, why is this doing this to me again? <laughs> Doesn't like me the old phone box. Uh, Mark in Bacchus Marsh. Hello, mate. Sammy, man. How you going? Good, thank you. That's good. That's good. You know, this is a pretty easy one to work out if you think about it logically. The players are a club. The players are assets of the club. When you consider what they spend in development, medical, and so on for the players, they are an asset. Now, other businesses have assets like land and so on. And at the, any 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 time they can decide to sell their assets and move their assets on for the for their business. So they, the AFL clubs should have the right. If they decide that they're going to trade you, they can trade you because you're an asset and you're, a, you're the club's asset. And they've got every right because of the money they've spent on you because of, and someone invested in you already as a player. And because you are an asset, they can then move you on if they decide to. So in my world, them Hawthorne players would have been playing at GWS. That's how I look at it. They're assets. Mark, oh, yeah, I, I, I guess I, I still see them as human beings, but I understand uh, the, I understand the, the, I understand the, the, the thought process behind it. Um, and we've got a couple of people that don't think that, that, that don't like the fact that it becomes impersonal. So um, I've got a couple of people texting in. In this day of mental health awareness, how are you going to send young men away from families against their will, or men with young families away from help they receive from in-laws, etc.? Now. I am as pro mental health awareness as, as anybody. So, and I hate the fact that I need to stipulate that before, you know, the, the people start throwing rocks and throwing stones, but that's an overreach. Clubs would know each player's personal situation. I'm sure they would take that into account. We're not asking the players to go off to war. You're, you're asking them to go and play somewhere else. And then the clubs need to make sure that the right support structures, which they do a very, very good job of, are in place. So whilst I absolutely, and I love the fact that that's where, you, where you, your head has gone, I love the fact that you're empathetic and your care is to the players, as, as it should be. You're obviously a very good human being. We're not asking them to do anything that's, you know, <laughs> we're asking them to go somewhere else and play footy. You know, it, it's not a hardship that we're asking them to endure. Now, people's personal circumstances might mean that that is just not something that they can can do. Um, and I'm sure the clubs would take that into consideration. And if that was a position that someone was in where their mental health was in such a state that that is not something they could entertain, I would hazard a guess that they may not even be at that point in time playing football to begin with because it would appear that they need to focus in on what is happening for them. So I, I, I hear you and I appreciate you in that space, but I think that's an overreach um, and, and, a, and a bit of too much of a blanket across. No one's saying that they wouldn't take those things into consideration um, when it comes to trading the players, but it will definitely happen. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 736 Andrew's in Romsey. G'day, Andrew. G'day, mate. How are you? I'm good. Listen, um, as much as Mark's saying they're assets, they're human beings. Absolutely. And, yep. and you were saying earlier, you must have went back and exercised because you said it happens in all professional sports around the world. It happens in one country and one country only, and that's America. 
doesn't does, happen in doesn't soccer. happen in the Premier League. I thought it did. I thought you could no, get rid of a player whenever you want. No, it does not happen in the Premier League. Okay, it Andrew. It does not happen in the Premier League. <laughs> what happens in the Premier League, it's up to the player. It's up to the player that it, he gets the final say. One club might want to move him on. The other one might want to um, take him. But it's up to the player, and he gets the final say. It only happens in one country, and that's America. All right. Well, Jared and I might have that incorrect. I'll go and double-check that yeah, to make Jared, sure that I'm... Jared got, pulled, Jared got pulled up about it earlier today, and he said, well, thanks for the phone call because he didn't know that. All right. No, I'll, I'll take your word for it. I was under the assumption as well that it was uh, it was something that the players didn't have that kind of control over in the EPL. I thought it was just as cutthroat as the NBA, um, Major League Hockey, the NFL... Um, as well, so uh, thank you for pulling me up on it as well, Andrew. So you're against that. You 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 think that the players should have the ultimate say on where they play? Look, they don't get the ultimate say as soon as they're drafted. So look, well, some players they have. Won't want to move. Well, some, some players have said that they won't. They want. They don't want to go and play elsewhere, and clubs haven't drafted them because of that. Well. What what happens with the players? They might want to move on, and there might be reasons for them to move on. But I think oh, I want to go down for personal reasons down to Victoria, but I'm only going to Essendon. I don't think that cuts it. So oh, you're so you're t- talking back the other way because the other the flip side of that, Andrew, as you as you rightly point out, is that at the end of that that player who gets drafted two years that they get their uh, first deal on, they can request, no, I don't want to be here anymore. I want to go home, and we see that time and time again. Yeah, yeah, and that, yeah, and that happens. But most clubs, if they do the, a good job, the player will want to stay, whether he's interstate or not. But sometimes you get, you know, circumstances where it's, they might need to go home. You know, and but I'm that all for that. I, and I think if you've listened to me before, Andrew, I'm all for a player being putting their hand up and saying, "Listen, I don't want to be here anymore. I want to go home." And they have that power now to put their hand up and say that, even if they're in contract. More often than not, the clubs will organise a trade for them. Now, we've seen examples of where the club said, uh-uh. And that's probably because they've got a pretty keen view um, and, and, and are pretty clued in to exactly what the real issues are and realise that it won't be detrimental to say no. But when they know that, yeah, it's going to be detrimental to say no to that trade, so we'll get that trade done. So the player does have a lot of power uh, in that circumstance. We've seen a couple of issues like Western Bulldogs with Dunkley and Tom Papley was one as well where they said, no, we're, we're not going to do that trade. Rory Lobb's another one. Sometimes that's because they can't get an adequate trade and it would leave them shortchanged. But more often than not, the deals end up getting done. So the players do have the power in that and then they've got free agency as well. And I'm all for player mobility. I just think it should be a two-way street. That The club should have that mobility um, as well. Uh, but thanks for the call, Andrew. Greatly appreciate it. And thanks for pulling me up. I was incorrect then uh, on the EPL and, uh, and the major European leagues uh, as well. Um, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Dan in Rye, Pete in Paran. Uh, I'll get to you on the other side of this. There's a heap of text coming through. I'll try to get to as many of those as possible as well. Oh yeah, I think definitely this will be the best shape I've I've come back in. Um, I think mentally as well, I'll, I'll be in a really good headspace. I think being able to come over here and and try something new and and meet some really good people uh, like Peter, uh, the owner of Boost. So just connections like that and meeting new people and. I think I'll come back in a really good headspace, and obviously physically, I'm sure I'll be fit too. Oh, Collingwood fans are going to be very excited by that, Jordan. How much longer are you going to be over there for? I'm um, here for another four weeks, I think. So, uh, plenty more training to continue. So, by the end of it, I reckon I'll be pretty sick of Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> hey, did you did you get inspired in any way by what you saw Petrarca and others do this year as well? By yeah, you know, how much 
extra time they played in the midfield and pushed forward and the impact that they had on games? Yeah, for sure. I think, uh, you know, Christian is a standout from this year and I've known Christian for a long time and he just took his game to a whole new level, which was really exciting to see and it was great to watch him do that. Um, but, yeah, that's definitely something I want to do. And to be honest, in Australia, like uh, Johnny was saying, your fitness almost seems to plateau because you're doing a lot of the same stuff. So um, I'm feeling really refreshed mentally, physically, so ready to attack next year. I'm sure that'll be music to the ears of the Collingwood uh, high-performance team that... <laughs> Uh, that uh, maybe the uh, exercise is just a little bit same-same and that you reach a little plateau. But no, that's in all seriousness, that's Jordan Ngoi. I'm being facetious, of course. Jordan Ngoi over in the US doing a, an extensive block of training, still another four weeks to go. I think he's been there a week or two uh, with Johnny Louch, uh, a coach over there. I think it's part of uh, through his uh, connection with Monster Energy Drink, if I'm not mistaken. And that will be um, a very, very pleasing sight to some Collingwood fans, although some were very critical today calling through saying, uh, why has it taken this long for him to be doing something like this? Uh, and, and others saying, no, they were happy to wait. But he's often been a little bit like the full moon, Jordan Ngoi. You see him, uh, you see the best of him every sort of four to five weeks and marvel at it. And then you don't see him again for another four to five weeks. But at the back half of this year uh, was the best block of footy that uh, he has played and the most consistent block of footy playing on the ball, averaging about 28, 29 disposals in the, the last 10 games of the year and uh, top five in Collingwood's best and fairest. First time he's done that. Um, so that is a pleasing sign and, coincidentally, out of contract at the end of next year. So looking to have a very, very good season. Um, we're talking about the conversation Jared Waitley and Sam Edmund had today. Jared, uh, a, a strong advocate for a mid-season trade period and also uh, trade without consent being introduced uh, to the AFL. Um, the, the business or lack thereof that was done in this year's trade period might be uh, a sign of the times for the next couple of years as we try and correct ourselves from the impacts of COVID. Um, and people are really strong in their views on this one way or the other. Just before I get to Dan in Rye, um, we had some people pulling us up saying that uh, the uh, EPL and the European leagues um, don't allow uh, trade without consent. Um, but where I think where I, my confusion came, and thank you for, for those who have texted in, one thing that those leagues do is that they do loan players out and they don't might, and, and I'd love to know whether that is with or without consent. But clubs loan players out willy-nilly. Um, that happens quite regularly. And Dave in Bentley East saying, if it was always up to the players in the EPL, then Harry Kane would be at Manchester City. So it doesn't always work in, in the players' favour, um, as some are, are saying through the text, 0433 uh, Adonis says, stop imposing your globalisation rubbish on the rest of us. The USA is going to hell in a handbasket, so we're hardly going to use them as a model. That seems overtly extreme. Um, and certainly uh, I've got no idea um, what globalisation has got to do with anything that we're talking about. Um, we're talking about um, AFL trades and whether or not uh, players can have consent. But um, <laughs> So maybe just pump the brakes a little bit. It's a little bit alarmist, Adonis, but thank you for the text nonetheless. Dan's in Rye. G'day, Dan. Yeah, g'day, Sam. I think you've got sort of two extreme points of view coming through there. You've got the guy who's calling human beings assets, and then on the other side, you've got people who sort of throw out mental health willy-nilly. I think you've got to put things into perspective and kind of come up with a solution that's somewhere between the two. Mm. Um, these, are, these guys are, you know, living a pretty good life. They're, they're having a privileged opportunity. They're paid very well. Um, so I think I agree with, um, with Jared Waitley. But you could just put something in there to give them a little bit of a carrot 
perhaps not a year, because an extra year in the contract, because that can hamstring a club and their list management, but maybe 50% of their salary uh, from that particular year, they get a loading or something like that. Um, there's definitely a middle ground solution there. Yeah, I, I think I just threw that up. It, it sort of came through off the top of the head, but I think that was more about... I think I was thinking in line, especially with players who are a bit older, um, who, okay, I'm going to uproot everybody and move away for a year. Some are okay. I mean, we live in an increasingly more mobile world, um, don't we? Um, where where people do work away from home for a little while. We've got fly-in, fly-out workers. Cricketers travel for a long time. And whilst that's not what the players or the PA are wanting to sign up to now, once it does come in, the players will all know that that's what awaits them uh, if they want to have an AFL career. And they'll all make the choice to do that, won't they? Hey, Sam. Hey, Sam. Yeah. Just on mental health, um, sometimes the mental health of the fans is, is not spoken about or forgotten about. Now, if you're a fan who's supporting a, a lower club and your administration of that club's making some poor decisions and it's taking you five, eight, ten years to make the finals, um, well, you know, you want to see your club pulling some levers and making decisions to get yourself back up quickly. And I think sometimes the fans are forgotten in these types of scenarios. Oh, and, and that's been the interesting thing with Hawthorne fans, Dan, that some are saying, well, Hawthorne did nothing in that trade period, while others were critical of them offering up uh, or being open to the offers uh, for those um, A-grade players that they've still got on their list. So you're right. This is all very much in the eye of the beholder, but there certainly needs to be an extra incentive, I think, for the players um, if this is going to come in. And I think it will. Um, I, I don't reckon you can just go as cold cut as we might be talking about, I think you're right that there does need to be a bit of an incentive. And what is that? Is an extra year too much of a, an imposition on the club? Is it a financial um, benefit that comes with it? Certainly you don't want players to be out of pocket. Um, and then obviously the relocation. And if you've ever gone and lived in the UK, um, you know that there's relocation experts that, that help you get settled. They help you with the schools. Um, for kids, they help your partner um, establish another profession if if her own, if, if if their own I should say not her or he their own um, employment um, isn't able to be transferred that easily. So this could actually be a, an economy stimulator. Uh, you never know if we extrapolate that out a, a little more broadly. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. Trading without players' consent is not all over the world. It's only the US. For example, European and English soccer all require player incent to trade him. It's not global. Cheers, David. Um, and we've been told that's the case. But on, where does loaning players outfit into that and how much consent do the players have to – is that all about player consent as well, the loan situation that happens uh, in world football? Uh, let's put a pin in that for the moment because it's a big weekend of racing this weekend. Uh, Cox Plate, uh, the most elite race uh, on the uh, horse racing calendar. Geelong Cups tomorrow to take us all through it. And just to give us a sense of what the market's doing, Paul Sebastiani from Bet Deluxe. Hello, mate. Ah, it's doing it to me again. Uh, Paul, come on in, mate. Hello. Yeah, got me. You got me, Sam? Got all you clear? there. Yep. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, how you going? I'm good, mate. What have you got for us? Cox Plate uh, tomorrow, Geelong Cup. Yeah, Zaki, the $2.60 favourite after drawing barrier six this morning, Sam. He's the favourite with betdeluxe.com.au. But Animo, the three-year-old Colt, winner of the Caulfield Guineas, he's the one where the money's at. He's been $7 last week into $4.60, 49.5 kilos, 
Drawn a little bit wide, but I don't think that's going to be an issue with the rain coming about. I think they'll get off the rails. I think he's the one to beat. But uh, Zaki's still the favourite with Bet Deluxe. And as you mentioned, the Geelong Cup tomorrow, it's the winner you're in with regards to the Melbourne Cup. Charlie Rose, the favourite, at $2.40. But we've had good each-way money for number two, Defibrillate, at $7.50. And Knight's Order at $9 with the blinkers going on for the first time. And Manicato Friday night from Mooney Valley. Sabah to XL, the best back runner. That's uh, at uh, race seven, number four, Mooney Valley. He's a $4.40 elect with betterlux.com.au. So a massive weekend and a massive uh, Friday and Saturday worth of Group 1 racing from Mooney Valley. Can't wait for it, Sam. Uh, beautifully done, as always. Paul Sebastiani from Bet Deluxe. Bet Deluxe spring racing specials every day. Serious betting for serious punters. Download the app today. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858 if gambling uh, is an issue for you. Please remember to gamble responsibly. Uh, we'll continue our conversation uh, on the other side of this. I'm with you all through till 10 o'clock tonight. So Sporting Capital uh, is up at 7. We can keep this conversation rolling, though, because there is a ton of text coming through. I'd love to hear your voice, though. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. And I've got something special planned for after 7. I've been pontificating on this a few times on air. I've been considering doing this. And we've all t- heard about sliding doors moments in life, but I-, I was sort of inspired to do this. I came across that show. Um, I-, I like the Marvel movies. I never read comic books as a kid, but I like all the movies. And I saw there was a show on Disney Plus called uh, Marvel What If? And it's essentially a sliding doors scenario show. So we're going to do our own version of What If? And it's going to be footy What If? Uh, and the conversation tonight is going to be, what if Fremantle and Hawthorne never reached an agreement to trade that pick one for Trent Crowe and Luke McFarlane with pick 20 and 36 going uh, to the Hawks as well back in 2001? And we're actually going to get to speak to the some of the key players involved in those decisions. So we're going to speak to Cameron Schwab, who was the CEO at Fremantle at the time. We're going to speak to Peter Schwab, who was the coach of the Hawks at the time. We're going to do our own footy what if uh, after 7 o'clock. Looking forward to that. But there's still a bit of time on to get through first. We'll be back after this. Uh, we're just about to hit 7 o'clock. John is in Mont Albert. G'day, John. Hi, Sammy. How are you, mate? Good, buddy. What's happening? Um, just didn't want to um, prick your balloon about the relocation um, boost that you could do for the economy. That already exists in Australia and is big time. All the corporates use it now. If you move from one city to another, they're there. Um, they'll find your work, they find your apartments, do all that. I was so being a little facetious, there. John. I know it's here. I, I just was saying it could give no, it no, a no, boost. No. Yeah. Uh, well, it'll give it a boost, but yeah. No, no. I just wasn't sure, Sammy, because yeah, just wanted to let you know because I, I know you like to be correct. Um, <laughs> so, all good. Hey, John, what do you think of the actual discussion uh, itself? And I always love to hear from you, and thanks for the call. Um, what do you think of the, the idea, though, that, that we'll get to a point where trayers, players oh. will be traded without consent? Look, Sammy, I agree with it. Um, yeah, um, so long as their contracts are guaranteed, yep. things like that, they're going to make the money. They're no worse off. Um, and I understand all these people saying we're globalising it, but it is a professional sport. Um, yeah. You know, Unfortunately, people look at it as if it's still the old VFL, um, and that it's not professional. So, yeah, I, I think it's going to come. It won't come in the short term, but it will come. Um, it, it just has to because mm. you won't get trades and people will stay there. So, yeah, um, I totally agree with it. 
Uh, John, thank you. And the thing to remember, too, is it won't get to the point that the NFL and the NBA and the Major League Baseball gets to. I mean, we've just seen Dante Exum signed a three-year contract and then they tore it up um, and he's he gets no he gets nothing for that because it wasn't guaranteed. So we wouldn't go down that path. He wouldn't go to the extreme of the U.S. Um, where you can give the player a flick on the day of a game like you can do in Major League Baseball or, uh, you know, on the eve of the season like the Houston Rockets did to Dante Exum. The player can't be in a position where they're going to be left holding the baby, so to speak. That has to be a caveat to it. They can't be worse off. And if anything, we need to try and make sure that there's a carrot there for them to be better off. Um, so there is degrees of this. There is shades of grey, as the last caller said. It's, we're probably looking at this too much at one extreme or another. Hey, I'll be back on the other side of this. G'day, Mike Hussey here. Get on board Australia's best fantasy cricket game, KFC Supercoach BBL. It's fun, free and easy to play. Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005.